Hey everyone, you are listening to the Above the Tree Line podcast, where we take difficult questions about Christianity, faith, and culture and answer them through the lens of scripture. You can listen on your preferred podcast platform or watch online at youtube.com slash Austin Christian Fellowship. If you'd like to submit a question for us to address, you can do so at acfellowship.org slash podcast. Hey guys, it wasn't planned that we were going to be coming to you today with this episode, but in light of everything that's been happening in Nashville, um, the coverage of the media, the families who were mourning, our senior pastor here at Austin Christian Fellowship, Will Davis Jr., believed that it was necessary and important for us to come to you and address just this painfully heart-wrenching reality that we are currently living in. And it's it's because of the current climate and everything that's happening that we've decided to interrupt our regularly scheduled programming um, for the podcast that's going to come out next. We are going to go ahead and release the episode on pain and suffering because there are so many people hurting right now, and we want to give something to you that is of value, that is relevant, and that is timely. So you can look for that next episode coming out. But for now, Pastor Will. These, Hi, Lord. Hello. Good morning. These events have taken all of us by surprise. These events have broken all of our hearts. What do you want to say to the people who are reading the headlines right now, mm. people who are hurting? Well, first of all, thanks for listening. And I want to I want to thank Lauren and the team that you guys can't see. There's helping us produce this thing right now. We all called an audible late in the week and just say we've got to, we can't just be tone deaf about this. Um, and even the pain and suffering podcast that's coming out was recorded a long time ago and doesn't have the feel of where we are today. It's worth noting. Um, you, you used an interesting word, Lauren. You said headlines. Um, I had a, a buddy of mine say to me recently, we need to make sure we're reading the right set of headlines. Mm. And I tend to read the wrong set of headlines. I tend to start reading headlines and chasing articles and getting mad and mm. looking for reasons to, looking for things to offend me. Well, it's easy to get mad with everything that we're reading right now. And taking offense doesn't really help. No. Um, so let me begin by saying, let's read the right set of headlines. Um, I was reading Proverbs 4 today. I read it yesterday, read it again today on the significance of wisdom and letting your feet walk the right paths and who you listen to. And it's 3,000-year-old word that's so good about making sure, because if you're just looking at whatever your news source is, it's going to really discourage you. And I'm not saying don't don't be aware. Part of the heaviness I feel in my spirit is because I'm reading the headlines, and I see what's being said and done out there. But you, we've got to make sure we have the kingdom eternal. This is called above the tree line. We've got to make sure we have the above the tree line perspective on this, that God is still in his heaven. <laughs> Excuse me, it's reminding me of, um, you know, Isaiah 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, in the year that one of the best leaders Israel had ever had, or Judah had ever had, died and left the nation exposed to its enemies, I saw the Lord. Hmm. That's what we need to see. That's who we need to see right now. Right. We need to see the Lord. I can say more about it, but we just... I want to encourage you guys listening first and foremost to make sure you're reading the right set of headlines. Right. 
And that doesn't mean one news source over another, but it means submitting all of it to the authority of God's word, the perspective, the the end game. Um, that's what we're always, every issue, every question, every scripture, we're, we're doing the best that we can to look at it through God's word. What does God's word say about this? And a lot of people, like we talk about in the pain and suffering episode, a lot of people would say, okay, Christians, you say your God is good. How did God allow for this to happen? And what say you to that? Um, nothing really different from what we'll say in the episode that's coming out after this one on the pain and suffering. Um, there, there is in the tension of, the, of eternity and time, there's this thing called freedom free will that God has chosen to allow. Um, you can rail and rage against God if you want to for allowing freedom and free will. But he's chosen to. He's chosen to, to allow us to do right and to allow us to do wrong. For the sake of freedom and for the sake of love, he wants to be followed by those who love him, not by those who are required to. And if you open up that door for freedom, then you open up the door for the kind of choices that are made that hurt people, be it an inappropriate, inappropriate word, mm-hmm. a rude statement on an Instagram somewhere, or something much more significant like what we saw in Nashville mm-hmm. last, last week. Um, God saw it. God knew it was coming. That's what's hard to know. He knew it was coming. He didn't prevent it. He doesn't always inter- intervene. He lets... Humans run their course. But you said a great phrase, Lauren, a minute ago. You said the phrase end game. Mm. <laughs> Praise Jesus. There is an end game going on. And evil is not going to win the day. And the tears are going to be wiped away. Mm. And justice is going to be served. And everything's going to be made right and put into perspective. It's not, we're not there yet. The kingdom is here on earth and we're at war. But the day is going to come when um, the final statements are made, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. I remember several years ago in a sermon, you mentioned that there are no cemeteries in heaven. There are no cemeteries in heaven. There are no hospitals in heaven. In heaven. Mm. So in the end, we will not be faced with the pain that we are facing. You don't need locks on your doors life. in heaven. Right. I sent you a verse this morning. just thinking about this issue, but um, it's the verse, instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. I love that there's so much hope in that verse. For a lot of people, though, it's very hard to have that kind of hope right now, especially amid everything that's going on. It's hard to, you know, like Paul says, rejoice in your suffering, especially when you think about the acts that were committed against the innocent in these shootings. How do people, how can we take comfort in knowing that we're suffering along with Christ and that brings us closer to him? Yeah, that may be a, that's a great question, sis, and it may be a time thing because I'm not feeling it right now. Right. I'm not feeling particularly intimate with Jesus right now. I'm feeling him, but I'm angry and I'm sad and I'm trying to not let my flesh get the best of me. Um, 
when you were talking, there's a real important little verse in John when it said Jesus in John 13 did not entrust himself to man because he knew what was in man. Mm. Um, I just said it's in John 13 and maybe in John 2. It's somewhere in John. Somewhere right. in the Bible it says this. There. Jesus did not entrust himself to man because he knew what was in man. And um, I think that's a great word for us. Even religious leaders that we love and respect, me being one, let you down mm -hmm. and fail. Mm -hmm. And so we need to look at the right um, immovable source right now, and right. that's the Father. Because right. humans are going to let us down, even religious ones, political ones. So my hope has got to be in Him. If I'm looking for our president or our governor or Congress to make this better, I'm going to be really disappointed. Right. It, there is a, there's an issue of the heart that cannot be fixed with legislation. And I'm not saying don't legislate. I'm saying there's an issue of the heart that legislation cannot fix. We've got to look to the, to the source of the heart, mm -hmm. and that's the Father, for the, hope, for the hope you're talking about. Right. And as you're talking about that source, I'm also reminded so much of the things that are happening right now, it's so easy for us to turn to flesh and blood and say, you are the enemy. You yeah. are my enemy. But as Christ followers, if we submit to the authority of the word, we are not each other's enemy. No human being is your enemy. A politician is not your enemy. Your spouse is not your enemy. Your enemy is the one who comes, who seeks to kill yeah. and destroy and devour you. And it's the same enemy that all of us are fighting. And I think one, that's one of the things that grieves me so much about the coverage right now, as we were talking about headlines, is the division. Yeah. Even the division in the body of Christ, the division, that chasm between believers and non-believers in events like this seems to get so much wider as we start pointing fingers and saying, this was because of you, or you had this coming, or because you didn't pass this bill, this the blood is on your hands. The division is heartbreaking. The event in itself is heartbreaking, yeah. but the aftermath is heartbreaking. So um, one of our mantras around here is expect lost people to act lost and and i'm not even talking about the shooter i'm talking also about the shooter but i'm talking about some of the response to this in the media has been so dark and so they didn't pray enough or that wouldn't have happened mm -hmm. or all these things that have been said and um you have to expect people with a, only a, a genesis 3 perspective to respond from a genesis 3 standpoint and they're not our enemies. Right. And that's what, and so Christians, you guys listening to me right now, please just stay off of social media unless you're going to lift up in an honoring way the name of Jesus. Just don't say anything mm. because it's not helpful and you're not going to sway anybody. You're it's, just going to create more gonna, division. You're going to create more division and you're likely to say something that's going to be dishonoring. And you don't need to, if you want to vent, get on your knees and vent to God. Mm. Um, but we are to be salt and light and we lower ourselves to shooting back, pardon the, the pun, then we're dishonoring the king. What about the Christians though, that 
a lot of Christians don't want to be seen as just putting their head in the sand. Like the the airwaves are being ruled by non-believers. A lot of Christians feel that it's incumbent upon us to add our voice to it. So I know a lot of believers who will get on social media and will stand for truth because they feel that that's their responsibility as a Christ follower. So they will engage in these conversations. Do you think now is a time for us to be silent? I think we're doing what you just said right now by doing this podcast. You and I felt like we needed to put our voice out there and make sure that we're not tone deaf or silent in this thing. Um, in the kingdom of God, the goal is never as the ends is never as important as the means. Mm. How you get there is everything. So if we have people in our audience, and I know we do, that are called to engage in social media and dialogue, dialogue is if the Holy Spirit is typing through you. Um, feel free to engage, but you've got to engage in a way that doesn't lower yourself to the, to the means of Satan. Right. It's just not appropriate. We have to be above it. Um, some that we've been, when, when George Floyd died, we got hit pretty hard as a church because for the first three days I didn't say anything. I'm not on social media, first of all, so I don't see what's being said and I don't get as ramped up, therefore, by what's being said. And somebody walked into church, a person I love dearly, after the George Floyd incident on Sunday and said, why have you not said anything? Mm -hmm. And I said, when I have something to say, I'll say it. I'm not going to just open my mouth. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm asking you guys to do is if you have something of a, of a kingdom nature to say. But also, Jesus talked about not casting your pearls before swine. Right. He was not calling unbelievers swine. Um, he was saying a, a, a pig doesn't know what to do with jewelry. Mm-hmm. And sometimes these wonderful kingdom truths you guys throw out there on social media are falling on very hard soil. And it may not be the appropriate place to throw it out. If, if the hearts aren't ready to hear it, it might be truth without the spirit. So just be careful, be humble. Right. It's, it's hard to know when you should say something and when you should hold your tongue because the tongue I is like I typically need to not say something. I typically know I need to keep my mouth shut. Yeah. I always, as I was leading the youth group, we talked a lot about speaking truth and love because it's really easy to speak truth to somebody you don't love because you want to like zing them a little bit. Like I'm going to put you in your place with this truth. But my thing with them was always, if you cannot currently say, I love you so much. So I'm saying this, if you can't say it from a point of love, don't say anything. That's the litmus test. Do you, do you see the person the way Christ sees that person? That's so good. Because, that person was still created in God's image. Jesus still died for that person. If you can't see them through God's eyes, don't speak. But I'm also thinking in regards to the headlines that are coming out right now, how should Christians be reading them and interacting with them? Or do you think it's more beneficial for them to kind of shut it down for a little while? I think you've got to pray and be very discerning about that. Um, I think if people, I don't, I tend to kind of keep my mouth shut. Uh, so I have a platform. So if I choose to, to want to discuss something, I can do it in a podcast. Um, I can do it on a message on a weekend. I can write a blog about it, whatever. Um, and I have that, I have that out. And I think people 
feel the need to be heard and to make sure that no one thinks they're not commenting because they agree with what's being said or whatever. And folks, we just got to remember, God's got this. God mm-hmm. is still in charge. He's still in control. And the prince of the power of the air is just that. It's mm-hmm. of the air. Or yeah, of that's the all, air waves. That's all he, but that's all he's got. <laughs> yeah. He's just, it's, it's, it's ultimately just air. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, and so. And his goal is to divide. His goal is to divide, but he can't win. He's not going to win. And if you don't weigh in, if you choose not to weigh in, the kingdom is still going to stand. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to say. You, you may not, mm-hmm. if you get online and if you don't get online and start unloading, the kingdom's going to be here tomorrow, whether you do or not. Right. Well, so, and I also think about we all, you know, or I don't know, I, I grew up with the WWJD bracelets. That what would Jesus an, do? You're an adult after that. But I think about <laughs> like when there was, if there's a comment that comes out, like literally, what would Jesus say to this? Would he speak? Would he remain silent? And if he did speak, yeah. what would, in what manner would he approach this question? What words would he use? And mm. Our human mind is so far beyond, like, it's so broken and Jesus was perfect. But really, a lot of times I'll try to think about what would Jesus actually say to this if he were standing in this room? He would say, Lauren, you're so cool. (laughs) Um, He would say, Will, aim higher. You can be a better man. Um, So when you said that, kiddo, it made me think of, and I think this is where we are, the scene in John 11 when Jesus is standing at the tomb, he knows the outcome. Mm. He knows the outcome. With Lazarus. With Lazarus. He's about to raise Lazarus, but he, he's just weeping. Right. The shortest verse he, in the he Bible. Would, there you go. If you memorize a verse, John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. So I think he was weeping because he was so disgusted by what he saw. The pain of, the pain of mm. death and the grief of the sisters and the professional mourners and and he he saw firsthand again what sin had done and and he knew he was going to do something Mm -hmm. and he knew it was going to turn out okay he still wept and i feel Mm -hmm. like today when this podcast is being recorded that's where we are i think if jesus were here right now he would just weep yeah and also it's that's that connection point he's showing us his his humanness and his compassion and his empathy and how when we hurt, he hurts. And it's so incredible to have a God that will weep with you. Not There's a lot of faiths that the God won't do that, but Jesus he wept. He knows it's coming. He knows mm-hmm. the win is coming, the victory is coming, but today I think he's weeping. Mm-hmm. No, I would agree. So I do want to address the power of prayer. Okay. A lot of people have come out and said that we're praying for you, we're praying for you. And there has been some pushback that it's like prayer is not enough. Is prayer enough? It here's what I want you to do. I want you to go try to overpray. Mm. Okay, just yes. Um, my friend Ed Fraser used to say, and Ed, if you're listening, I love you, buddy. Um, let's put feet to our prayers. And I do think that there's there's it's the whole faith versus works thing we talked about, or we're going to talk about it at some point whenever that podcast comes out. Lauren is scowling at me right now because I just did it again. Don't reference other don't episodes. reference other podcasts. Sorry, these are not time related. At some point, we might discuss faith versus works. Um, 
there there are times we need to act, and I think the political comments being made about we need to do more than prayer are about politics and bills being passed, et cetera. When it comes to the darkness we're facing, the best weapon we have is prayer. Absolutely. You cannot legislate to change the heart of that young woman mm-hmm. who was so heartbroken and deceived and whatever else that she felt it was okay to go out shooting children. Mm-hmm. Legislation is not going to fix that. You take the gun away from her, she'll find another way to do it. Yeah. It's a heart. It's a heart issue, and prayer moves God to mm-hmm. address hearts. So, yes, prayer is enough. Prayer, prayer is a strategy. Prayer is the commodity. It comes down to prayer. Americans, you guys listen to this out there. If we're if you're not praying, you kind of don't have the right to speak, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If you're not beseeching God to move in your closet and with other Christians, then kind of you need to quit talking. Because prayer is what taps into supernatural power in the natural world we have we have human power but prayer taps into the supernatural power the god that spoke the universe into existence that's the kind of power that we're tapping into that's the kind of power we have access to and when you when you pray with authority and you're asking god to move god can do so much more than humans can do i had a girlfriend once tell me she had been diagnosed with the condition and I said, I, I'm gonna pray for you. I wish there was more that I could do. And she called me out in that moment. Yeah. And she said, why would you think that there's anything that you could do that would be more powerful than praying? And that humbled me. And that's that's what I'm thinking today. I'm like, there's nothing that humans can do more, pow- more powerful than tapping into the highest power, the source of God. And we say at ACF, prayer is the heart of everything behind we do. It. Everything we do is driven by prayer. Um, so I feel like, regardless of what's being said in the media, people well, and need you guys to be don't don't get offended by that, please. Um, the enemy is speaking through people, mm-hmm. and they don't know what they're talking. They, they know not what they do. Right. When somebody criticizes prayer and says if they've been praying more, they wouldn't have been shot. All that junk, that's demonic, mm-hmm. and. Um, you need to look at the source and not criticize the people who honestly don't know better. They're not our enemies. It, they right. know not what they do. Right. And we gotta, we got to just remind ourselves of that. Well, thank you for diving into this very, very difficult issue. We sure love you guys. We are praying with you and for you. And this is a great time to be in community and hold hands and pray and love each other and um, be salt and light. Because mm-hmm. the solution is in the church. It's not in the state house. It's in the church. Lauren, I appreciate Absolutely. you letting us do it. Yeah. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, we are not going to air the regularly scheduled episode on Monday. We are going to release the episode on pain and suffering that was recorded before these events happen. Um, but there was still pain and suffering in the world when we recorded this episode. So uh, we just want that to be a source of comfort Um, a source of peace, a source of hope for you guys as we talk about how Jesus is present in our suffering. And we hope that you will join us for that episode. Thank you so much for joining us today.